Good evening, everyone. To open our meeting tonight, Lil, will you please announce the first hymn? Hymn number 179, and I'll be reading the third verse. Love now is dawning over every nation, showing true brotherhood, publishing salvation. Love bids all discord cease, conquering hate and throning peace. Love, love alone is power. In number 179, If you'd like to follow along with the readings tonight, please go to our website, and on the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and then look for the place that says 
click here for the text of the Wednesday readings. Our theme for tonight is the healing, saving, redeeming power of love. And the readings will now be given by Lenny from North Carolina. I will read from the Bible. Genesis. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And it came to pass, when Joseph was come unto his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit. Then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled, and got him out. And it came to pass that she called unto the men of her house, and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought an Hebrew in to mock us. And he came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass, when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me, and fled, and got him out. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a, a man discreet and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, 
and let him appoint officers over the land. And take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according to thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities. Now, when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Get you down thither and buy for us from thence, that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land. And Joseph nourished his father and his brethren and all his father's household. I shall now read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures and from Miscellaneous Writings, both by Mary Baker Eddy. Joseph, a higher sense of truth, rebuking mortal belief or error, and showing the immortality and supremacy of truth, pure affection, blessing its enemies. The scientific unity which exists between God and man must be wrought out in life practice, and God's will must be universally done. If men would bring to bear upon the study of the science of mind half the faith they bestow upon the so-called pains and pleasures of material sense, they would not go on from bad to worse until disciplined by the prison and the scaffold, but the whole human family would be redeemed through the merits of Christ through the perception and acceptance of truth. The test of all prayer lies in the answer to these questions. Do we love our neighbor better because of this asking? Do we pursue the old selfishness, satisfied with having prayed for something better, though we give no evidence of the sincerity of our request by living consistently with our prayer? If selfishness has given place to kindness, we shall regard our neighbor unselfishly and bless them that curse us. But we shall never meet this great duty simply by asking that it may be done. 
there is a cross to be taken up before we can enjoy the fruition of our hope and faith. Work out your own salvation is the demand of life and love, for to this end God worketh with you. Occupy till I come. Wait for your reward, and be not weary in well-doing. If your endeavors are beset by fearful odds, and you receive no present reward, go not back to error, nor become a sluggard in the race. When the smoke of battle clears away, you will discern the good you have done, and receive according to your deserving. What is it that harms you? Can height or depth or any other creature separate you from the love that is omnipresent good, that blesses infinitely one and all? Whatever purifies, sanctifies, and consecrates human life is not an enemy, however much we suffer in the process. Shakespeare writes, Sweet are the uses of adversity. Jesus said, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. The Hebrew law with its thou shalt not, its demand and sentence, can only be fulfilled through the gospel's benediction. Then blessed are ye insomuch as the consciousness of good Grace and peace comes through affliction rightly understood, as sanctified by the purification it brings to the flesh, to pride, self-ignorance, self-will, self-love, self-justification. Sweet indeed are the uses of his rod. We have no enemies. Whatever envy, hatred, revenge, the most remorseless motives that govern mortal mind, whatever these try to do, shall work together for good to them that love God. Why? Because he has called his own, armed them, equipped them, and furnished them defenses impregnable. Their God will not let them be lost, and if they fall, they shall rise again, stronger than before the stumble. The good cannot lose their God, their help in times of trouble. If they mistake the divine command, they will recover it, countermand their order, retrace their steps, and reinstate his orders, more assured to press on safely. The best lesson of their lives is gained by crossing swords with temptation, with fear and the besetments of evil, insomuch as they thereby have tried their strength and proven it insomuch as they have found their strength made perfect in weakness, and their fear is self-immolated. This destruction is a moral chemicalization, wherein old things pass away, and all things become new. The worldly or material tendencies of human affections and pursuits are thus annihilated, and this is the advent of spiritualization. Heaven comes down to earth, and mortals learn at last the lesson, I have no enemies. Love is the fulfilling of the law. It is grace, 
mercy, and justice. We must love our enemies in all the manifestations wherein and whereby we love our friends. Must even try not to expose their faults, but to do them good whenever opportunity occurs. Hate no one, for hatred is a plague spot that spreads its virus and kills at last. If indulged, it masters us, brings suffering upon suffering to its possessor throughout time and beyond the grave. Every man and woman should be today a law to himself, herself, a law of loyalty to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Whatever manifests aught else in its effects upon mankind demonstrably is not love. We should measure our love for God by our love for man, and our sense of science will be measured by our obedience to God, fulfilling the law of love, doing good to all, imparting, so far as we reflect them, truth, life, and love to all within the radius of our atmosphere of thought. Divine love is my shepherd, I shall not want. Love maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Love leadeth me beside the still waters. Love restoreth my soul, spiritual sense. Love leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For love is with me, love's rod and love's staff, they comfort me. Love prepareth a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Love anointeth my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house, the consciousness of love forever. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the 
Carol, will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 196. Now is the time approaching by prophets long foretold where all shall dwell together, one shepherd and one fold. Now Jew and Gentile meeting from many a distant shore, around one altar kneeling, one common Lord adore. Hymn number 196. Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly Wednesday evening testimony meeting for Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. Everyone is welcome here. You know, God's word is available to people all over the world. And much of it goes forth from our many websites many of which are in other foreign languages. And then as a result, people from all over the globe have felt 
and received and found God's healing word. And we're thankful for each and every one of you who have done so. I would like to encourage everyone to browse through our websites. We have so much material that we are offering free of charge, and all of which is inspired, holy, and good. And it has healed many. We've gotten reports from people receiving many healings by finding something on our website that has inspired them and lifted them. And we're so grateful for all the good that is going around. I'd like to uh, uh, mention one article we're now featuring on the homepage of our English website. In this season of gift giving, this article is particularly appropriate. It's entitled, The Great Gift of God. It was written by Edward Kimball. I highly recommend it, and it certainly is quite inspired. Join us every Sunday. Uh, we start Sundays at 10 o'clock in the morning with our roundtable discussion. We follow that with our church service at 11 o'clock. And we also offer a Sunday school for children, which meets every Sunday at 11 a.m. Our Sunday school has a teleconference um, that it's dedicated exclusively for the Sunday school. This enables students that don't live in the area to attend our Sunday school. And many students do just that. And what this means is that your child also can attend our Sunday school by telephone, regardless of where you live. So call up the church. We'll give you the number for the Sunday school. And our wonderful teachers in the Sunday school would be most happy to welcome your child. A couple more announcements before we go on. This coming Saturday on December 16th, we're going to be having a Bible study at 10 o'clock in the morning. The Bible study questions are posted on the website, so check them out and plan on joining us this coming Saturday at 10 a.m., for an inspired discussion. Christmas Eve is coming up. It happens to fall on Sunday this year. So Sunday is going to be quite some day around here. We're going to have our Sunday morning church service, round table and Sunday school like we always do. But also at 5 p.m., we're going to be holding our annual Christmas Eve program. So, plan on joining us on Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. for a holy sacred time of beautiful music, beautiful readings. You'll be glad that you did. Now, I will read from the Church Manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or of suffering, 
though the generic name of the disease may be indicated. Now, for everyone that gives a testimony tonight, we kindly ask that you keep it within four minutes. This will give everybody else the opportunity to share their offering tonight. And for those who are on the teleconference, when you're ready to give a testimony, please press the star button twice on your telephone. Keep in mind, however, when you do so, we're going to be able to hear you and any other sounds that your telephone picks up. So please be in a quiet place. And I will call on each of you, one at a time, by name. And our meeting tonight is now open for sharing testimonies of healing through Christian science. Linda. Thank you very much for the readings tonight. I would like to express my gratitude for the, the Christian, uh, Plainfield Christian Science Independent Church and all they offer so that we can understand pure Christian science. It has been several years since I first found their website and I will never forget the feeling of freedom I had when I started to join the services and classes and then the watches. It has changed my life profoundly for the good I've had many healings of all types, but best of all, I've been learning how to practice this science so I can live it in my daily life and have a closer walk with God. And the beauty of this science is that it's available to all mankind. It had been many years of searching for answers before I came across Plainfield and nothing in this search provided the peace, sense of purpose, and understanding of God that I found here. Recently, I noticed on my arm a skin condition that I had from young adulthood that has faded away. I know it is a result of learning to live the precepts of this science of Christ every day, understanding better who I am as his child, and seeing others as God sees them. I'm so grateful to be here tonight. I'm very grateful to our God, for Christ Jesus, Mary Baker Eddy, my Plainfield practitioner, and the instruction offered through this church. Thank you. Craig. Thank you, Lenny, for those, those inspiring readings. And Readings that each one of us can prove out, dear Jacob and dear Joseph. Uh, I wanted to, to thank God for Mary Baker Eddy. I had a healing today from her article from Miss Delaney, The Cry of Christmas Tide. Didn't feel like I was really focused on what I should be doing as the days went on. And I opened that up and it put me back on track. Mrs. Eddy talks about um, when you think of Christmas, you realize that there was a, a wonderful gift and promise that has, was given at that time, and we not, should not stop at just the birth of uh, the Christ of the Jesus, but that there was a, a promise of 
world healing and love meeting the needs and freeing from terrible conditions. And then we, in this time, we should make sure that we remember that. And we do, she made me think of the Beatitudes or Sermon on the Mount, seek and find that we should not just stop at the birth of a help of an example, but to seek, as he said, and find, what am I talking about? <laughs> really understand me and prove it. And so uh, as reading that, I, my lethargy just passed. I felt stronger. I felt like I had a purpose and knew what it was today. And I made some <laughs> really good and efficient steps. It just turned, when you have focus, which is what Mrs. Eddy did, and set me on seeking and finding your life and your actions have purpose. And uh, your health is the health that God has given, and strength likewise. I thank for this <clears throat> wonderful direction that we've been given and all the help that's helping us to digest it. Thank you. Thank you. Elizabeth from New Hampshire. Elizabeth from New Hampshire, go ahead. Good evening. Thank you so much for those really very beautiful words about the wonderful power of love. Tonight, I would like to express my extreme gratitude for my upbringing in Christian science. We've all had our eyes opened in recent years regarding very important work in Christian science that was kept from us. In spite of this, I grew up with some very powerful examples of Christian science both in our church and in my family. A great love for God, for Mary Baker Eddy, and for Christian science permeated our household. There certainly were struggles along the way, and we as children witnessed our parents turning to God for resolution in those struggles. We were taught early to trust in God, and for that I cannot express enough gratitude. This week's lesson speaks of the importance of never forgetting what God has done for us. There wouldn't be enough paper in the world to record what God has done, just for me alone. Progress is the law of God, and it was the foundation that was laid early which would prepare me for all of the progress that has come over the years, with wonderful teaching from my parents and all that I'm learning at Plainfield, and for seeing what seemed to be missing in the middle all of the wonderful teachings from early workers that were not known by us individually at our branch churches throughout our lifetimes. We have to see that for what it is and then see that mortal mind could not keep us or anyone from the pure knowledge and teaching of Christian science, for it is the truth of our very being. And I'm so grateful to Plainfield for all that you do in bringing this to the world. And I'm especially grateful this week for my wonderful Liberator magazine, which is just filled with goodness. Thank you so much, and good night. Thank you. Mishaila from Canada, go ahead. Good evening. Thank you, Lene, for those readings. They were beautiful. 
I love that sentence from Mrs. Eddy. We should measure our love for God by our love for man. And Joseph, wonderful example, can help us daily to overcome adversity. I am grateful tonight for the unfoldment of a harmonious visit by my mom this past September and October. We hadn't seen each other for about five years due to her living in Europe and me in North America. Usually, I would go back home and visit her, but due to other circumstances, that wasn't possible now. When my mom said that she would like to come to visit me, it was a surprise. Because before, she always said she would never travel this long distance. Now, she wanted to come for four weeks. Without Christian science, and especially the teachings in this church, this would have felt very difficult, as we had butted heads before during shorter visits. But now I was actually able to think differently. After the first surprise, I was able to turn it around and think that if she has the deep desire to see me, that is what she said, it shall be good. I talked to my practitioner about it, and she said, your mom is coming for the Christ that you reflect. Wow, that was comforting, encouraging. I took it to heart. My mom isn't a Christian scientist. Because of that, I was a bit concerned if I would be able to stay in the house of the Lord and do my usual work for God. My practitioner even said to work more than less in such situations. Well, I took this to heart as well. It was not always easy to work more for God than less during that visit, but I learned to take a stand and take the time needed, the time I needed for my study and to be in the consciousness of God. And with the kind and loving support of my practitioner, my mom and I had a pleasant visit. We had meaningful conversations and challenging moments could be resolved. Our relationship has improved. We are more close now than before, more loving, caring, and forgiving, and no head-butting anymore, mostly. So I'm very grateful for this unfoldment, for the help of my practitioner, and for all that I learn here at this church and from Christian Science. Good night. Thank you. Luba from Ohio, go ahead. I'm so grateful to the Plainfield Church for all it continuously provides for the entire world 
concerning true Christian science. This past week, a couple challenging situations were resolved for which I have been so very grateful. My car appeared to be having a problem with a gas gauge malfunction. So on Friday, this was resolved and brought me a better understanding of how this gas gauge actually operates. Then on Saturday, the handle on my toilet broke. Now, being a weekend, it was a blessing to have that operating again within hours. So I'm so happy for that occurring. And uh, I am also especially grateful for what my practitioner has provided in inspiration and healing and to see what appears to be going on in a clear way and to only accept God's direction. This has provided more peace and calm to know who and what governs all. Thank you so much for tonight's reading, the music, and so happy to be here. Thank you. Shahidat from Maryland, go ahead. Good evening. Adam Dickey's God's Law of Adjustment was recently discussed at a Sunday roundtable. A specific line from the article says, says, If a man were drowning in mid-ocean with apparently no human help at hand, there is a law of God which, when rightly appealed to, would bring about his rescue. I had the opportunity to demonstrate this exact statement of truth on a recent trip. I generally use an ATM card to get local currency whenever I'm abroad, and I've never had an issue with this. However, in October, I attempted to use my ATM card at a foreign airport and was unsuccessful. I then tried two other ATMs also to no avail. At this point, the temptation to completely freak out and condemn myself for not bringing a stash of U.S. dollars as backup was strong, but instead I tuned into that small but clear voice that calmly reminded me that I was taken care of and there was no reason to panic. My ride from the airport to the hole was thankfully pre-booked and paid for, so I made my way to the entrance where drivers collected their passengers, found my ride, and arrived at the airport without incident. Once at the hotel, I tested with a bank representative who informed me that everything was in order and that my card, quote-unquote, should work. She suggested I simply try it again at a different non-airport ATM. The temptation to whine at her that I had already tried three different ATMs was strong, but I was able to refuse to entertain those persistent doubts and negative water scenarios by remembering that I could never be outside of God's care. I reminded myself that divine love always will meet my every human need, my every human need that even halfway across the globe, I could never be, with, I could never be left wanting. I ended up going the first three days of the two-week trip without needing to use any local currency at all. And when our small group finally stopped at an ATM, my card worked as expected without a single hiccup. I ended, up use, I ended up using the ATM twice more during the two-week time I was in country and never encountered any issues. I am so thankful for all that I've been learning at this independent Christian science church about how to demonstrate this wonderful Christ science. And I'm also especially thankful for all the wonderful resources such as the Sunday Roundtable discussions. Thank you so much. Thank you. Shardell. Hello. This evening, I have two gratitudes for prayers from my practitioner who brought healing 
and joy. The first is about a healing of vertigo, which I forgot about until the other day when I threw something over a high rod and realized that the vertigo was gone. I contacted my practitioner and apologized for not thanking her much earlier, many, many weeks. The second is more recent. I had terrible shooting pain and I knew I needed help. The pain diminished during the day and was gone by the end of the day. This time I was prompt to report the healing and offer gratitude for her prayers. The commandment is to love God with all our heart and mind is overflowing. Thank you. Thank you. Jeremy. Uh, thank you for the readings tonight. Uh, the other night a few of us watched a travel program that was showing different religious festivals in Europe. And they were over the top materially and those taking part in it were extremely emotional about it. But in those things I felt nothing of the simplicity and power of the Christ that I have encountered in this church. As I have learned here with regular practitioner support, God is with us in all the little moments of the day. This simplicity is what helped me to change my attitude about both God and church. I've also learned that Jesus was not weird because the Christ is not weird. Truth, life, and love are not weird. We don't need large hats and ornate robes and gold accents everywhere to pull the Christ in close to us. Christ is already here speaking to us all day long. We only need to listen and be obedient. I'm so thankful for this church and the pure Christian science that is taught here for teaching us how to listen and be obedient. Thank you. And now we have a testimony from Imogen in Australia. Good evening. Tonight I wanted to thank my Plainfield practitioner and the holy teachers and practitioners at this church. There are so many things I have learned over the last three years. In studying Christian science at this church, I had many corrections that needed to be made. I didn't know the teachings of the early workers, and I didn't have Mrs. Eddy's precious booklet, Watchers, Prayers and Arguments. Of the many teachings, healings and awakenings I have experienced here, one of the least expected was that I could start to see beyond the human personality. You see, I had always assigned a good personality and a bad personality to people that I met, to people that I knew, based on how they behaved and how they treated me. And usually, once I had made this lofty judgment, I was most stubborn and could not be moved. I started to realise that I was making the road more difficult for others whenever I did this. I was boxing them in to the very error that I should be disposing of as a Christian scientist. A change started to happen within me. As I listened to the teachings here, as I put into practice what we are taught here, to truly love our enemies, I started to see the sweet soul of my fellow man behind the face of the yelling driver or the angry pedestrian. The first time that it happened, it quite broke my heart 
And Mrs. Eddy's words came to mind, quote, Carnal beliefs defraud us. They make man an involuntary hypocrite, producing evil when he would create good, forming deformity when he would outline grace and beauty, injuring those whom he would bless. And his touch turns hope to dust, the dust we all have trod. End quote. How the tears stung in coming face to face with this wrong thinking I had been harbouring. I'm so very grateful that we are taught truly here to love our enemies, to love everyone. I started to hold back my judgment when seeing bad behaviour and just cling to God's love instead of pronouncing my puny judgments. I started to follow the teachings we are given here to curb my angst and to guard my thought and to train my thinking to see God's good, loving, divine creatures everywhere. I am far from perfect in doing this, but in making this progress, God's beautiful, loving universe, filled with beautiful, loving creatures, is most glorious to behold. Mrs. Eddy writes, quote, At all times and under all circumstances, overcome evil with good. Know thyself, and God will supply the wisdom and the occasion for a victory over evil. Clad in the panoply of love, human hatred cannot reach you. End quote. I still have much learning and corrections and growth that need to be done. I am so grateful to Mary Baker Eddy for discovering Christian science and her courage and sacrifice and love in what it took to share this science with the world. Thank you God, Christ Jesus, Mary Baker Eddy and all at Dearest Plainfield Independent and so much love to you all. And now we have a testimony from Phil in Australia. Good evening. In Christian science, we are taught not to believe in luck or coincidence, that God is in control and orders all the events throughout our and everyone's day. A favourite quote in Proverbs 3 from our lesson says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. To me, acknowledge is to recognise and be grateful for God as the one, the only source of all good. This week, as I was going out to get in the wheelie bins, our rubbish and green garden waste bins, for us and our two neighbours, I noticed the gas meter reader arriving to do his two-monthly check, and as I had opened our lock gate, they were able to gain access and take a reading. I was also able to give them access to the gas meters for both neighbours and then take in the wheelie bins. I was very grateful for this orderly timing as the gas company mandates that they must do an actual meter reading at least once a year rather than the usual estimate of gas usage. The far neighbour then contacted me with his thanks for this and then mentioned that his elderly mother had earlier been taken to hospital after a fall and gashed head. I recognised this as a claim of animal magnetism being brought to my attention 
and an opportunity, a command to do some prayerful work to see what God has established and knows as the truth for the neighbour, the concerned son and for all. There are no accidents or possibility of accidents in his kingdom and as his ideas there is no separation from him who is all power. God is infinite love and cares and protects each and every one. Our weekly lesson on God the Preserver of Man was very inspiring and helpful in dealing with this claim of evil. A number of passages stood out. From Psalm 121 is the promise, The Lord is thy keeper, and the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. From Science and Health, page 151, Divine mind maintains his own image and likeness. End quote. We are all maintained, upheld, protected as his perfect ideas. From Science and Health 494, Divine love always has met and always will meet every human need. End quote. We are never alone or separated from the love of God no matter what our human situation. I felt at peace and left it with God. The following morning I checked in with the neighbour and his mum was home resting and had been released from hospital that evening. I was very grateful for this news. and very grateful to Christ Jesus, to Mary Baker Eddy for revealing this science of Christ, and to Almighty God and for all the learnings from the t- pure teachings at Plainfield Christian Science Independent. And thanks for the readings tonight. Thank you. Yeah, this is Bruce, and uh, I'd just like to add my thanks, because I'm especially uh, grateful for our Christmas time. And it's more than just like the gifts and friends and everything else that we seem to enjoy. But it's something else that is really deep within my heart that I love. Many years ago, there was a very inspired person that came to me and said, you know, Christmas is not merely a day or a season, but rather the appearing of the Christ, which is or should be every day. And in Mrs. Eddy's beloved hymn, Christmas Morn, she says, Dear Christ, forever here and near. So here's a very clear statement from our leader that the Christ is always here and near. And uh, I must have heard this hymn sung when I was a young child at various times because I remember there was one day when I was feeling quite ill and actually was in a bit of pain. And I found myself just repeating this phrase, Dear Christ, forever here and near. And every time I repeated it to myself, I could feel the pain and illness melt away. And I was healed in a relatively short period of time. Now, this was not any intellectual wrestling or intellectual reasoning or nothing of that nature. It was simply a simple heart reaching out to the Christ for its appearance. And it did. It came 
and healed me. And uh, it was quite a memorable thing for me. And it does beg the question, however, since the Christ is always here, to what extent is it apparent or appearing to our consciousness? And this is something I've been working with re uh, recently because it's easy when you see something dramatic he happen, like a healing of illness or anything else that's out there and indisputable. But what about the little things day by day? Are we acknowledging the presence of Christ and know that it is appearing even in the little things that might seem insignificant to the uninspired. And this has helped me immensely, and I'm very grateful for it. And it made me want to strive more to see that the Christ is here and near every moment and in everything. And uh, for that, I'm very grateful for this remarkable gift of Christian science that Edward Kimball describes in his article that I mentioned earlier, and of course, for the wonderful teaching here in the Plainfield Church. Kari from Arkansas, go ahead. Good evening. I just wanted to express my gratitude for the plainfieldcs.com website. Um, the other day I was watching the news and it was so disturbing that I needed to um, pray about that right away. And I'm so grateful for the search uh, feature on our, on our website. I'm able to find exactly what I need so quickly, so helpful. And one article I, I came across recently is called The Nature of God and Man by Herbert Eustace, such a good article, and I'm very grateful and also very grateful to have the privilege of participating in the Unity Watches. Thank you for this lovely service. Good evening. Thank you. Gary. Tonight, I'd like to talk about pressure. Uh, I know I've talked about this before, but it seems this time of year, it's good to be reminded that uh, one of the things I'm very grateful for um, since joining this church is learning how to deal with pressure. And we all face pressure uh, almost every day for a lot of us. Um, and it comes to us in many ways, um, a, a job or friends or family or preconceived notions that we might have as to what we should be doing or acting. And um, when pressure comes to us, there really are two different ways to deal with it. Uh, one is to give into it and do whatever it is that we're pressured to do without gaining any peace about it. And the other way to deal with it is to stop in our tracks and ask God what it is that he wants us to do before we do anything. And I'm so grateful uh, to be learning from a, a fine teacher and practitioner in this church that we never ever have to give in to pressure unless it's from God and the right kind of pressure. 
Um, Mrs. Eddy's writes in our textbook on page 224 that the angel visitant comes in the quiet of meekness. And this is a good reminder to me that I always have to keep my thought peaceful with God at all times. Well, before I learned this, I was a real patsy for pressure. I would let just about anyone and anything pressure me into doing things, sometimes things that didn't really need to be done or doing things for the wrong reason, in other words, trying to please people instead of pleasing God. And I look back and I made a lot of mistakes and I did a lot of things that needed to be unwound and I did a lot of things that really didn't need to be done. But a teacher of Christian science in this church pointed out to me that the word pressure appears in our textbook only once. And most of you are familiar with it, but I will read that sentence. It is, quote, Christian scientists must live under the constant pressure of the apostolic command to come out from the material world and be separate, end quote. This is the only legitimate pressure that we should ever give into. Any other pressure is human will. So I am so grateful to be learning that when I feel pressure, I should stop in my tracks and ask God, is this pressure from you to come out from the material world and be separate and do something that you want me to do? Or is it coming from some other source that is human will? Well, I'm so grateful to say that since I have been learning this, um, I deal with pressure much better most of the time. I make fewer mistakes. I do fewer things that need to be redone. Uh, I do more things that God really wants me to do, and I feel a peace about most of the things that I do that I hadn't felt as much before. So I'm very grateful for this lesson. It really is a tremendous lesson for me because I used to invite pressure, <laughs> thought that I enjoyed it, and uh, it was not good. And uh, life under God's direction is much better and much more peaceful uh, today. So I'm very grateful for all that I'm learning here at this church about Christian science and how to live a life more closely with God. And also, uh, thank you very much for the readings tonight. Beautiful readings. So nice to be with you all. Thank you. Florence from Georgia, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Lenny, for the beautiful readings, well-constructed, very inspiring. Uh, I'm very grateful for all the testimonies, of course, and the, and the hymns as well. Uh, I am so grateful, truly grateful, for what I have learned about God, what God is. This has further enabled me to revere Him, to exalt Him, and to make Him a friend, a parent, 
one that never fails and will never leave me. This way I have slowly felt this oneness with God. The love that God is has become more real and this has kept before me, has helped me recognize the negative that come as absolutely not from God. It has been a good way to see the powerlessness of all the errors that come. Now, wherever I go, I know that Christ goes before me. I have also felt and expect that that place should be better because of the God thought I have learned to send there. Recently, I had several errands to run. I started off thinking that God is at the steering wheel of every vehicle and keeps everyone safe. Everywhere I went, I felt as though I was directed to be there at that very moment. The UPS store, which always had lines, had no lines. My computer man was able to help me so quickly. Another time I was led to actually see a product I was looking for. It was behind another one. But who directed me to see it? So I say, how can I not be joyful to serve a God so loving and desire to do his will? Praise be thy name, Father, Mother, God. I am so grateful for this science, so grateful to be here tonight. And I have a short uh, testimony from Maryland again to read. It says, a pleasant remembrance. Thank you for the daily calendar statement email. This week, there was one with a testimony titled, Asking in His Name, that reminded me of a healing I had a while back. I woke up very early in the morning with a stomachache. I thought it was too early for me to be calling my plaintiff practitioner for help. So I opened the Christian Science textbook, Science and Health, the key to the scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy. I tried to read the book, but couldn't concentrate. So I put it on the side and asked God for his help. A few minutes later, my phone rang, and I picked it up thinking, who could be calling me that early in the morning? To my delight, my painful practitioner was on the phone. Honestly, I do not even remember what was said that morning. Within a few minutes that we spoke on the phone, I do remember that the ache was gone before she hung up the phone and I went back to sleep. The feeling happened almost two years ago and I never thought about it until I listened to the above named testimony. Thank you very much for lovingly sharing the Christ truth as revealed by Mary Baker Eddy. I am so grateful to be here tonight. Thanks for this beautiful service. Thank you. Mary. Good evening, everyone. I learned a new term tonight, wheelie bins. I won't forget it. America, listen up. <laughs> no more recycling. <laughs> bins, wheelie bins. Okay, well, we have a few things to read tonight. The first from Virginia. 
Many thanks for all the treasures given in the Sunday, December 3rd roundtable, the research done and clarification of verses and statements in our lesson sermon helped to put into action these great truths. Especially helpful was the mention of chapter 62 in Mary Baker Eddy, Her Spiritual Footsteps by Gilbert C. Carpenter during the Weather Committee Report. In this chapter, it clearly explains the value in Christian science that we do not idolize Mrs. Eddy, but recognize her purity and spiritualization of thought, and thereby understand that we may follow in her footsteps to imbibe the Christ idea and demonstrate in small or large ways the truth of God's all power and all presence. Our God is great, and our God is good. And then this testimony from Iowa. I'm grateful for dear Christ Jesus, our forever leader, Mary Baker Eddy, and for this great church and all the good that God is working through them. I'm so grateful and touched by God for the many blessings that I have received and the blessings I've seen in others. Truly our God comforts the lone heart and he continues to test us. Our faith and endurance in that we may be strong in him for future duties that he has for us all. I know this church and its members shall continue to stand to fight the good fight for the furtherance of this excellent cause and its virtues. Thank you, dear Plainfield, for your healing influence and for the holy practitioners and members, and have a most holy Christmas and a God-blessed Happy New Year. And then South Dakota. Thank you, Plainfield, for your dedication to the Christ. Your work is a blessing. Your dedicated workers are a testament, as, as is your website and your significant provision for all with an interest in the Christ truth. I'm also very grateful for the practitioners and for practitioner support. Thanks to you all. And then a testimony from California. Recently, I had the opportunity to help my son and his family in their move from one house to another. The circumstances of the move took all of us by surprise. They had rented the house for six years, and suddenly a notice came to vacate in 60 days because the owner, who lives outside the United States, wanted to sell the house. Timing didn't seem to be the best at the holiday season. Then there was a concern about finding some place to rent with the need to stay in the same city for the next two years so that my grandchildren, a senior and junior in high school, could graduate from their high school. They were having a difficult time finding something. I prayed to know that a very special house was just waiting for them to find and, and left it in God's hands. Weeks passed, and a week before the moving deadline, a house was found. I was asked to help with getting the last items needing to be moved out of the house and to clean the house in preparation for an inspection by the property manager. I spent three days getting things clean and ready. Each day, I began with reading my weekly Bible study lesson and placing God right beside me in my work. As I moved from room to room over those three days, I rejoiced and was able to share my joy with my son. The gratitude for this move in the first place. What a lovely home they were moving into. How cozy the new place was. How this was the right time to move because there was much maintenance needed on the house they were leaving. 
What a quiet location they were moving to versus the former house by the freeway with constant traffic noise. How they would benefit from a smaller house and therefore lower electric bills. The thoughts of gratitude just went on and on, and with each gratitude expressed, there was a rush of joy filling the space around us, energizing our work. The old house was blessed, and the new house became a blessing. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing. I am so grateful to have been part of the unfoldment of God's supply of good here, which was done in God's time, on time. The heaven shall praise thy wonders, O Lord. For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Psalm 89. With deepest gratitude for witnessing God's, witnessing God's provision and with loads of love to this congregation. Thank you so much for those beautiful readings tonight um, and, and also very beautifully read. I, I do love that story of Joseph uh, and I often sometimes think, you know, if we ever think we're having a hard time or perhaps maybe unjust things are happening to us, just remember that story of Joseph. He had one thing after the next come up against him, truly, but because he knew who he was, he knew he was a child of God and he always did the right thing, trusting the Father, and it all came right, thus proving all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Such a beautiful story, so thank you. Such a joy to be with you all tonight, the beautiful testimonies and hymns and music, and I wish you all a very good and peaceful evening. Thank you. To close our meeting tonight, Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 269. Our God is love, unchanging love, and can we ask for more? Our prayer for love's increase is vain, t'was infinite before. Ask not the Lord with breath of praise for more than we accept. The open fount is free to all. God's promises are kept. Hymn number 269.